Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. One's had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. He's going to have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable with myself. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. Alex, 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 good afternoon. How are you today? Damo, I'm certainly not immune to the excitement of round one. Put it that way. It's exciting. It's, be, it's building, isn't it? It's, it's, it's not quite fever pitch. I think once the teams are announced, it's going to start, you know, kind of jacking up to... Um, to uh, those incendiary firecracker levels. But uh, I don't know what you do, Alex, before the start of a big season. Me personally, I've decided to uh, get away on a little escape with mm. Bay just just before the madness kind of sets in. Because we all know at Pie Heart it's going to be, um, you know, 13-hour days from basically first game right through to the grand final. We got told by Hutchie not to take a break during the season. No. There's just too much to do. Workaholics mm. at Pi Hut. The news cycle never stops, does it? 24 hours. So I am. I found myself in the beautiful Mornington Peninsula. Very nice. Now, Which zone? I'm in Flinders. Nice. Is that a zone? No, that's, yeah. a, that's a town. That's a town, right? So not a, not exactly a Collingwood stronghold, I must admit. There's, there's probably far more Melbourne stickers and Hawthorne hats getting around town at the moment, but uh, mm. I am I am here to change that. But one thing I love to do when I am on a retreat mm -hmm. uh, or a holiday is check out the local thrift shop, op shop, I think we call them in Australia. Do you ever do that? You ever yeah. do that when you're on holidays? Love it. Find a bargain. I'm going to hold off a little $3 bargain that I picked up just recently at the uh, the Flinders Opportunity Shop. Can you see that one? Oh, <laughs> that's, so, that's so topical. We're just talking <clears throat> now, about the great man. Now, for those who can't see, it is um, a first edition. I think it was 1993. It's uh, Pants, the Darren Mullane story, soft cover. The cover itself, it's like Pants yeah. Mullane's a 50s movie star, like Clark Gable or something. It's very good, isn't it? Pants Mullane, mid-handball, like but one of those like posed handballs in front of a vivid blue sky. Mm, yes, and, and it's, it, you can tell it's very unique because the font is really big. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, when your parents, you see your parents' phone and they have like the message, you know, the font, just, it's just massive. The big Helvetica bowl. <laughs> yeah, big Helvetica bowl. But I was going to read out um, a couple of fun facts. Um, this is a story. I'll do this really quickly too, because I Hit know we, we, we've got a lot to cover yeah. off. But um, <clears throat> I'm going to read directly from page 125 of the Darren Mullane story. You may have heard me tell this story in the past, but indulge me. Although Mullane might not have been a practical joker, there were times when he turned the tables on his mates or pulled stunts that left them roaring with laughter. For example, premiership teammate Craig Kelly, also famous for his tremendous sense of humour, recalled one of Mullane's favourite party tricks. He described in an interview on the Australian football videotape a tribute to Darren Mullane how his mate Pants sometimes would wear his famous elephant underpants on nights out. <laughs> the underpants had a trunk at the front and Mullane made the most of this feature. His favourite trick when wearing these underpants was to go to bars with teammates and friends and make sure that he was served by a female bar attendant. Mullane would then ask if he could have some peanuts. The woman would return to find Mullane on the bar on all fours with his elephant underpants on full display. 
Malene would then tell the female bar attendant that the peanuts were for the elephant. There's one more. You see, you, you, I don't I recall reading those that type of gem in Nathan mm. Buckley's autobiography, All I Can Be. No well, that, was there as, that was there as that was there as well. That was five bucks, but I didn't buy that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I, I your, didn't buy that one. Sorry, Nathan. Your cultural I allegiances. I opened it. I was I was kind of hoping there'd be a signature, but there wasn't. Last one, um, Malane. This is this is a fun fact. I don't know if you knew this, Alex, but Malane was also a superb amateur magi- magician mm. and was always willing and able to give impromptu performances. His good mate, Channel 9's Eddie Maguire. One of this book's co-authors recalled that Mullane's favorite trick was to make handkerchiefs and other objects disappear. Eddie said, he had a terrific act and although I knew he was using a false thumb, everyone else used to wonder how he would do his tricks. He was fantastic, <laughs> Maguire said. But the best part was his patter. He had a line for everything and his magic routine would be accompanied by some tremendous jokes. I like it how Eddie has to let everyone know that he, he knew the tricks behind the magic. He couldn't just... Go along for the ride. No, you had to. Don't, don't tell about. You never. Isn't that the yeah. golden rule of, of I magic? Didn't know, you never, I've never reveal. Heard of a false thumb. I didn't know you, that. No, well, you know, that's that's it's. You don't need to know that. It's like you, saying Eddie? Santa Claus is not real, Eddie. Eddie's jealous. Um, I also like now, it that you've gone on holiday, get some family mm. time in, and the, the image of you just buried in a pants, Malane autobiography mm. <laughs> while the <laughs> yeah, kids are yeah. running around you. Yeah, in the hammock. Uh, it's, uh, but I will say also, I don't know if you, you saw this, but a couple of weeks ago I was here as well and uh, did spot the great man Rupert Betheris in a um, Toyota oh. Hilux with Northern Territory plates waiting for some, I think it was some Vietnamese food. Did you or did um, you not uh, manage to get a, uh, pap, a pap of the great man? Managed to get a pap <laughs> um, pretending to take a photo of my daughter. Um, so I managed to do that, cropped it out. The lengths you'll it, so. go to to capture mm. someone of the Theris's ilk in the wild. Mm, I was gonna. I, was, I think that's a good hard ask too. We should we should do a hard ask. I think next week on um, strange sort of meetings of mm. mag, magpies out in the wild. Where, where's the weirdest place you've seen a pie? Totally. Either in Australia or internationally. I think that we could, we could do something here. All right, well, for those of you who are new to Pie Hard, Pie Hard's a podcast connecting the worlds of Collingwood and culture. We go beyond the stats and match day analysis to bring you the people, stories, strange beauty, and offbeat culture of the pies and beyond. One of our favorite segments is a segment called Hard Yes and Hard No, and we are going to dive straight in. Alex, I'd love to hear your hard yes for uh, the week. My hard yes, Damien, is we're going to return to a theme from last week, which was uh, we had a little segment which tackled the issue of uh, inequitable, uh, if that's a word, funding mm. of AFL clubs mm. where we uncovered the fact uh, with Jake Niles' help that mm. Richmond was paid millions of dollars more than Collingwood, which was paid nothing um, by the AFL in extra payments and kind of top-ups. Um, and it's great to see um, that uh, our main man, President-elect Jeff Brown, appears to be listening to the pod. Hello mm. if you are listening, Jeff. Um because he's come out with a, a a riveting takedown of the AFL, a smackdown, if you like, the mm, Brown smackdown. Mm. Jeff Brown suggested during the week that the AFL had acted contrary to its contractual obligations to clubs, having distorted what was legally permissible by redistributing money to some clubs on such a grand scale. He went on to say, when the foundation clubs entered into their license agreements with the then VFL in 1985, it created a fiduciary duty on the, on the now AFL to treat all clubs fairly. 
And there's a lot more in there. Um, what I liked about this, this is the reason it's a hard yes, is mm. A, he, he managed to get the word fiduciary. Mm. I think that's how you say it, um, in there. And mm. I think that goes to to why this is a nice little moment for Jeff. I reckon in the post-Eddie Maguire, and we've discussed this, there, there's obviously a vacuum, which is acknowledged by all and sundry, because Eddie's personality was so massive that anyone coming in his aftermath was going to struggle a little bit. Um, and we saw that with um, a friend of the pod, Mark Corder, who Mark Corder was almost like a non-entity. I mean, like mm. he was just like the invisible man because mm. wallpaper. And he knew it. He, I think, one of the first things Corder said when he when he came to the presidency was like, "I'm not going to be like Eddie." I mean, you just know that it's a hard act to follow, right? In the early weeks and months of Jeff Brown's presidency, I'm not sure that he's like struck us as a consummate media performer because, again, it's very difficult mm. to just have those skills that mm. were so innate to Eddie and, you know, epitomised in that Jeff Brown address to members the Between Two Ferns one with his mm. darting eyes looking for the mm. camera, mm. Um, you know, awkward cut-ins over Glenn Moriarty's um, hosting. Um, mm. But the messaging was pretty good. So, you know, like we gave him rope. Um, overall, I'd say, like, you know, perhaps his, his on-screen presence hasn't been that great. And this... This little um, intervention, this smackdown mm. on the AFL, I think smacks of um, him really in his wheelhouse. And it's nice to see a man whose strengths are coming to the fore. And never forget that Jeff Brown was a lawyer, a career lawyer, mm. who was a big part of the, that kind of changeover of, uh, from the VFL to the AFL. But he's always mm. been a man behind the scenes. Um and like any lawyer, I think that he thrives in an adversarial setting. And this is an adversarial setting where he's telling the AFL that, you know, what they're doing is bending the rules, blatantly unfair, and he's laying down all kinds of legal mumbo-jumbo, which makes me feel safe. Mm. Um, and it's just nice to see Jeff Brown, A, being vocal, um, defending the interests of the club, and in so doing, exhibiting some of his legalistic strengths too. Mm. Yeah, big fan, big fan of Jeff's first um, stanza in the seat. And for this reason, Alex, I don't have high expectations from from uh, Jeff being out in the public, but mm. he came with a heavy acumen, didn't he? He was, he was the uh, external lawyer at the AFL for 22 years, helped write the collective bargain, bargaining agreements, uh, was involved in the racial vilification policy, salary cap, national draft, all of that. He's the mm. architect of a lot of the, the, modern, yep. the modern structure that the AFL adheres to. So I would argue that no president, maybe no club figure would know the inner workings of the corrupt AFL better mm -hmm. uh, than Jeff Brown. And so who better then to dismantle the lopsided systems and curry favour and just sort of bring a little bit of equilibrium back to um, the Collingwood Football Club. And I love it. I, that's, I want him, I want the Collingwood president stepping up and being vocal about mm. um, matters that, you know, don't position Collingwood in, in a favourable position, right? So, I mean, this is, this is what I want from my president. Now, a big tick from Jeff, I think, mm. you know, it might be a few beads of sweat on um, Gil McLaughlin's brow. That's right. Uh, knowing that uh, one of the club's presidents, one of the AFL club presidents, He's not going to take this inequality lying down. And, and that's the key, Damo, is that it's not just a Collingwood-centric matter. It's the fact that Jeff being the president of the biggest club in the land is 
a counterbalance to the authoritarian nature of the AFL. So Jeff Brown being strong, like Eddie was, is important for other clubs to see that like the issues affecting clubs and their voices can actually hit back at the all-powerful overlords, you know, in in HQ down in Docklands. So I think that it's big for the whole industry. So yeah, Jeff, doing well. Just keep, keep it up. Just keep them honest. All right, my hard yes is I got a me- I got a, I love when I get these messages from friends and mm. they're like you you'll never guess who I saw. So uh, indulge me on this one as well, Alex. So I'll read out the text text message. I was I was down there at low tide at noon. It was my third trip attempt at the jetty as the boat was out of action. While I had a chat with this person and told him it was my third trip out and no squid to date. So the protagonist in this story is a uh, loves nothing more than going out and catching squid. Okay. Um, squid catcher. When it's, when it's tools down, squid catcher. Squid game. So my friend had a float going with a silver whiting and a jig and he was working on the second rod. This is all technical fishing terms, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> Uh, this person clocked the float was under and called out squid on. Basically, he helped my friend land a, uh, let's just call it a giant squid. It wasn't just a normal size. It was a giant squid. Uh, he had a nice boat, I think seven foot. He moors it down at Dramana for six months. He's a big fisherman from the sounds of it. Big is a big word here. I want you to just pay, pay notice big. to that. Okay. Uh, we ran into him uh, down there again at high tide, which was six hours later. And he checked in on our progress and said with a smile, back for your fourth trip. They had a chuckle and that's where they left it. It's an ex-Collingwood footballer. Okay. Very much in the sweet spot of pie hard. Okay. Uh, I'd, love, I'd love to get your uh, – I'd love to see if that's enough. So, fisherman. Big. Uh, you said big. Big. Look, I'll, I'll cut you off there. My thoughts yeah. immediately went to Damien Monkhurst. <laughs> no. No? Damien Monkhurst. No. Oh. No. Disappointing. Um, Darren Jolly. Not Darren Jolly. Not Darren Jolly. I'm just going to list uh, all the Ruckman. I'll give you a hint, Alex. All right. Washington. What? Oh, uh, hang on. No, I think that was Arizona. It's not no, the big Savaloy. It's a big Sav. No, he played for a it's bunch the of big, teams. Is it the big Sav? It was Sav Rocker. Oh, I know. I've got his, I got his signature on How my... How good is that story, huh? Guernsey. In about Severi- 95. Severi- Severio, the squid king. I can just see him down there with his with his jigger. And so he just, he bellowed across the bay, squid, squid on. Squid on. Squid on, which is Te- like. Technical terminology. Like in for, golf, you yell at four. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he saw it. He, maybe he has a some kind of sixth sense Was he knowing when there's so ink in the water. For some reason, I, when, when I heard, when he went through the bit where he yelled squid on, I was picturing him floating. Under the jetty, <laughs> under the near the pylons, on a donut, on a donut. But he wasn't in the water. No, he was in a no, boat. He was next. He was next to his very expensive boat. But there's something, something about this story that just really warms the heart to think that you know one of our favourites, and we we will get him on the pod. Mark our words. We will we will talk to talk oh, to him about the story. Good. God spends his days down by the water hooking squid. Yeah, going going home just a little bit of a you know panko crumb. You know, dusting and just tucking into a, a very fresh, uh, maybe squid ink pasta as well. That kind of yeah, fits so the, I was fits more vibe, thinking mm, like mm. sauteed Spaghetti. in a pan with garlic and, mm. you know, fresh Mediterranean flavors. Mm. You know, it's just being a rock. Oh, that's a great 
that's a great run into. I'd love mm. I'd love to have been there. And the fact that mm. it was extended over a full day of check-ins. Mm. I wonder if yeah, Big Sav was like, oh, I'm just gonna pop back. I'm just gonna pop quite a it's quite a um, high pitched voice from memory. I'm just gonna pop mm. pop back to the um the, the Jetty <laughs> Love to check on the um the squid game. Speaking to feathers, I got the uh, I got the distinct feeling that um Sav was very impressed with the tenacity of um of of my friend uh you know not not giving up and uh you know mm. playing his trade down there on the uh, Dramana jetty so with any luck i might actually join join him this week for a, a spot of uh squidding you, you're just going to be looking over your shoulder the whole time oh, like, we're, we're waiting straight for to the straight to the Dramana jetty just just waiting <laughs> Uh, hard no? Well, my hard no, Damo, the membership ladder always rears its ugly head at this time of year. I say mm. ugly because it's it's seen as like this kind of rivalry between clubs where obviously everyone wants to have most members. But as far as I'm concerned, like this is like mm. self-reported figures from clubs, probably mm. unreliable. Half of the memberships offered are like one, two-game, four-game memberships. Like they're just bullshit memberships. Pet um, memberships. Do you remember the pet membership debacle? Exactly. Like it's just absolute nonsense. And too the, many, too many pugs um, distorting the figures. Too many pugs, and the clubs use this as some kind of like evidence that like their marketing barometer. and their mm. you know a barometer for their commercial operation. You got if you got the mm. most members, you're the most successful club. Well, I just don't think the figures are ever particularly uh, reliable. And I know I had Jeff Brown as a hard. Yes, but he's a little bit of a hard no, just in the sense that I can see where he's going. He's like, all right, I'm going to bring it back to membership. But his first point of call when talking about like expanding the the Collingwood membership is about numbers. He wants to like break the 100,000. I think mm. the first port of call needs to be the quality of the membership offering itself. Sometimes in the figures, what gets lost is the member's experience. And mm. we had a bit of a radar for this at PyHard. So we put up on Twitter a question. I think it was along the lines of how could the Collingwood membership packages be improved? Mm. And I'll tell you what, it fucking took off. I mean, because there's a lot of latent, built-up, repressed indignation and frustration over two years of COVID about not only what little people have been able to enjoy with the memberships over the last mm. two years, but just generally like perhaps a lackluster effort by the club and by probably multiple AFL clubs in regards to like making sure those members' experiences and those membership packages reflect value for money, but also reward those who have the loyalty to actually sign up. Well, no, I was just going to say, I think, I think Jeff missed the first golden rule and that is before you make those, uh, those big bold claims, mm. first you must listen. Exactly. Right? I, I don't think Jeff did a, um, a complete analysis or a temperature check of the members out there in Pyland. Mm. Just, just to understand, you know, before we before we go on a hyperdrive and before we hit that uh, that sweet century number, mm. you know, have we got all the, all of our ducks in a row? What are have we selling? We, yeah. What are we selling? Is, is everyone happy? Are we? Are there things we could fix or improve before we we aim for that magical number? And obviously, the silver bullet to all of this is win a premiership. Mm. Well, like win a pre win a premiership and you get to a hundred hundred thousand. But yeah, I just think Jeff sort of missed that crucial first step, which is uh, what we've actually done for him uh, on our Twitter. So if he mm. wants this kind of pulled into a deck or 
transcribed into some kind of format and submitted for for a cost, we'd always be happy to to discuss. It's know, a it's a member consultation we've enacted here um, for free for the club mm. um, mm-hmm. for the benefit of members in the club. My three favourites from mm. the responses. The first one was from Schmick two point mm. Now Schmick said, "Glasshouse should have a members bar decorated mm. with historical club memorabilia." And she'll mm. be open every week during the season for members and their guests. Now, this is something which came up briefly in our discussion with Turtle. Turtle, I remember this, yeah. And I think he was big on it too, but I like it because sometimes membership at a club, especially uh, in the, the new, the modern era, since we've mm. moved from the cosy cultural heritage confines of Vic Park to like the, the big solar stadiums, we love the G, but, you know, it's not like, a home ground in in that Collingwood sense. Sometimes with that type of move, you also lose a bit of, you know, the actual fabric of a place and the, and the sense of being, you know, Collingwood through and through. Now, what I'd like to see, and I agree with Schmuck, is a little bit of re-imagination, redecoration of the actual uh, Lexus Centre, as we like to call it, mm. now the AIA Centre. Mm to mm. actually draw members into that experience. And they've done it in the past. I remember going to a final when we beat West Coast in like 20, 2009, I think, or something like that um, in, in overtime. And I remember getting on the cans um, or the pots in the uh, then Lexus Centre. But it was always quite soulless. And the thing I like about this post from Schmuck is he, he actually points out you need historic historical club memorabilia. You need to like make the place feel. There should be carpet. There should be a bar you can sit at. There should be pictures of Pantsman Lane on the wall. There should be mm. magpie buttons in the toilet. You need to encourage the magpie faithful to get into the club. And if you are a social club member, which I think should be expanded to more people, by the way, you can mm. actually get in and socialize. I mean, that's the point, mm. right? Mm. A totem pole. A, a totem gathering. Pole. Yeah, some yeah. somewhere to gather, yeah, and celebrate. I thought you were going to decorate with a totem pole. I was like, no, cultural we're not going there. Absolutely not going there. That was more uh, metaphorical, but yeah, a, a, a centralized because that was it, right? That was what all turtle was alluding to when we mm. when we had that conversation. Was they had this right? This was a thing that existed. It's not something in, in out of thin air that wouldn't wouldn't it be nice mm. if there was a Collingwood bar and you could go there and celebrate and hang out. This this was a thing for years, for decades. And it's disappeared and it kind of got lost in the move um, from Abbotsford to, where is it, Southbank? Is it Southbank? Where is where is the Lexus Centre? Or is it Melbourne? I What's think the it's postcode? like the Vatican. It's got its own, it's got yeah, its own it's postcode. Got its own it's own little not part grid. of Rome. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I know that if you're a Legends member, you know, there's a bar up there where kind of get the fraternity uh, aspect. Not the, and yeah, yeah, that has, but the, it's that just has the pull-up banners. It, it has the pull-up banners and the week before it was Melbourne's, that's you know, right. Trident Club and the week before that it was Richmond's, you know, Tiger so, Nest or whatever. It's a village bicycle yeah. of a bar mm, and it's mm, not mm. innately <laughs> Collingwood. So right. big ups to Schmuck. My second favourite, uh, mm. another one was um, this doesn't this doesn't need much illumination, but Glenn Peters mm. said voting rights. And I think that mm. the whole fiasco of changing boards and all of the scandal at the club last year really shone a light on the fact that a lot of people who even think they might have voting rights don't. And the actual mm. voting mm. Uh, membership of the club is like extraordinarily small. I don't see why voting mm. rights should be so limited. Um, so good on you, Glenn. And the third one from Mark Willett Bevan that I liked was guest passes. So we can take a family member or a friend. And this is a good way to like grow membership as well. Like 
if you're offering a really good member experience and you've got your shit together on the field so that the game is entertaining and you've got gammy chicken to boot, there's no reason mm-hmm. why if you take a family member or a friend, you can't actually be you know, promoting the club and potentially expanding mm. the membership. So I thought that was a canny mm-hmm. suggestion from Mark. Yeah, I like that one. William, William's friend of the pod, William Saunders, also touched on something similar when he was talking about some type of referral system, which I think is, you know, partly linked to 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 what you just said. Yeah. And that is, I think, I think William was saying that he has, you know, single-handedly connected, you know, dozens of mm. uh, contemporaries and 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 fellow Pies brethren. Who may or may not, who may, who may be in that purgatory, you know that just that mm. that area where you're a, you're a big supporter, but you haven't, you know, translated that into into membership. Just some kind of incentive to help, you know, because the easiest way, like if you're American Express, right, the easiest way to sign up someone to a credit card is offer a sign up bonus, right? Mm. Um, so so following that kind of same principle, like encouragement to, to to do that the, the one thing I, I won't probably won't single out anyone I think they're really good options um there, there were some threads that kind of came through and the yeah. one that I really picked up on and this is a bit startling was was choice if you think about the current membership package or the pack it consists of a few items just classic items like you know stickers a lanyard even though there's no membership card this year mm. um and I think there's a, there's a scarf, and the, and the club's been running this scarf. Scarfs are all right, right? There's, there's nothing wrong with the scarf. So I was I, I did a bit of digging on this, and I asked some friends who supported other teams, and I was like, listen, what, what's your what's your membership package look like? And I was chatting to a Richmond supporter, and I was chatting to a Melbourne supporter, and the interesting thing was because I have an issue with the scarf, right? I've got like mm. five of them in my cupboard. Mm. I I don't really wear the membership scarfs. I have like. You know the old school VFL scarf that I've had for like twenty yeah. years. Well, the that's, old one's going to be scarf. like, from a tactile point of view, so much better because the new ones are this light semi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know this this one has this this has the, if I have a scarf, I want tassels. I want the tassels. on Tassels the end, and right? some nice fabric like wool. Mm, Taiwanese wool. So I think the the issue with that is I've got five of these scarves now that are just sort of you know collecting dust in my cupboard i will i do occasionally wear like they're quite smart they, they look quite fetching my point is if you're a melbourne or a richmond supporter you get the choice of a cap mm. a scarf mm-hmm. or i believe it's a 25 dollar voucher to the club store okay now isn't it isn't the 25 dollar voucher to the club store very smart marketing because i don't think anything on there is under 25 um <laughs> But it could be just a good impetus to go out and buy a new jumper or to buy a new jacket or polo or I just thought I thought that was really smart. But just giving giving members the choice of, of what they want. Reminds um, me of I think a few is, years back. It's really when, important. A few years back in my Collingwood package, they gave me a fifty dollar voucher to Bill Ferg's lobster cave in Bo Morris. <laughs> That's going back. What year was took that? Took my that, girlfriend. That is... <laughs> is this like Yeah. This is like mid two thousands, I reckon. Shout out to the lobster cave, friend of the pod, and took my girlfriend at the time. Little did I know that the Ferg Burger, I think, mm. which includes all kinds of seafood delicacies, crustacean squid, probably cost ninety nine dollars. So my fifty dollars. <laughs> it's, it's a very. Can we just <laughs> it was half of one burger? Can we just break that down like that? Because this this was in what was this ninety six or like? <laughs> no, this no, no. Was, this is you like know, maybe like, two thousand and six or something. 
Okay, that's that's a lot of money for a, a burger. Yeah, fucking oath it is. I mean, it's unbelievable. You go in there and it's like you you're walking into like Berg burger, an ABC Kids like film set of like just yeah. like fish yeah. tanks and like blue lights. I don't know. I presume it's still yeah, there. Yeah. Hopefully, is it still Bill, around? I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. Bill Ferg survived um, mm. COVID. No reason why he wouldn't have with those prices. But you know, very comfortable establishment. I, I don't. I don't reckon a ninety nine burger is going to get through the uh, the last two years we've had. Oh, I mean, there must have been much. other members out there that. Mm. excited to go to the lobster cave with their family, mm. arrive and mm. just realise how little the voucher would get them. And, I mean, it's hard because you're sitting down, you've got the menu, what are you going to do, walk mm. out, like embarrass yourself, humiliate your, your kids because you, you're too cheap? Well, I'll tell you mm. what, mm. I didn't order the uh, Ferg burger. Couldn't. Couldn't afford mm. it. But um, nothing against you, Bill Ferg. I'm sure he's a big Collingwood mm. man. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's something interesting there. I think I think if you look at the slew of sponsors that Collingwood has now, Nike, KFC, AIA, Life Insurance. I think it's Life Insurance. Emirates. That's some pretty, you know, some pretty appealing, you know, sponsors that I'm sure, you know, someone at the club or the membership department could you know, kind of pull all of those sponsors together and provide some kind of, uh, you know, can you imagine, just imagine this. So 15% off every purchase at Nike online. I mean, that's, I don't discount a lot. They're not a brand that discounts a lot. I think that would be, that would be amazing for how many members have we got? 80,000? I think it's currently sure sitting at 70 for this year. We'll 70, go right? So, you, you know, that, that's, that's, that's going to translate to, you know, 25K in sales right there, additional. Well, they have tried probably, to probably small fry. They have tried to expand, like offering into discounts and stuff. They called it pie in the sky travel. Yeah, that was in the glory days of uh, glory days of travel, where a trip to Sydney would cost you no less than two and a half thousand dollars. But I, there is something in that. Like there is something in a in a memberships benefit scheme. So if you're a member of the Collingwood Football Club, you get you get discounts throughout all the sponsors. Like, it's that's not a thing though, right? That doesn't exist. That just to me sounds like low hanging fruit. That's like a yeah. I thought that's not know. a revolutionary idea, but I agree that there's no reason they couldn't hook that up with the um, mm. with the sponsors themselves. But I think more to the point, like and and your and to your point last week, the offering from an apparel point of view, the club shop, and I've since heard that might be due to supply chain issues from COVID. But the offering has been just not forthcoming. You know. Nike has not just done it. I don't. I don't. I don't buy that supply chain issue. I think um, none of the none of the teams' apparel is made locally in Australia. It's all made offshore. The only two teams that don't have their apparel at this point in time is Sydney and and um, Collingwood, both under Nike. Mm. It's what f- three days out from the first game. I think you can you you can be lazy and blame. COVID and supply chain issues. I don't think the club has. I, th- I think the club's been quite silent on this one, but no, it hasn't affected New Balance. It hasn't affected uh, Puma. It hasn't affected Adidas. So, yeah, I, I don't know. They're all they're all made, you know, in in, in offshore. Um, so I think that's a uh, you know, and if anyone should be able to navigate, you know, supply chain issues, you would think it would be, um, you know, the largest apparel manufacturer on earth, but maybe not. Maybe not. This story was big a couple of weeks ago and it's only really just coming to the fore because the footy is so close. But 
I've been reading a lot about the revamped food offerings at the mighty MCG this year. Do you know what I'm talking about? Only distantly. I've heard rumblings. What is it? Mm. Okay, so out at the MCG is the old tried and trusted Red Rooster. I think you'll still be able to get, you know, your favourites, your pies and your uh, mm. chips, hot chips and your, and your Don hot dogs. Yeah. But incoming is probably, it's fair to say, a more gastronomical kind of bend okay. um, to, to watching footy. So I've actually got here the list of um, food options. So I'm going to run through it and then I'm going to get to why it's my hard no. But um, joining, you know, those classic staples and food favorites yep. uh, is a new offering called the Fish Shop, which is basically a, you know, an English style seaside fish and chip shop decor. Yeah, okay. Tiles. So they kind of got, they're really going, yeah, they're really going into the decor as well. It's not just about the food. So speaking of squid, they'll they'll be offering things like salt and pepper calamari um, and traditional fish and chips, fish and batter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chip dog butter. bar, chip butter, chip butter. Have you chip had butter? one of those? Yeah, I've had a couple of those. Yeah, not, not for a while. Not my favourite. It's like no. white bread. It's a lot of bread. With like it's a lot of bread. Chips stuffed into it. It's like everything. Everything's white food. Not, yeah, in yeah, that weird. panini. Like it's a panini. It's just too much. It's yeah, just, it's chip just too butter. much. Uh, the dog bar. So the MCG offers hot dog creations from around the world at the dog bar. Stepping away from traditional footy food, the dog bar is part of a wave of gourmet hot dog places. So think about Ooh, going there, like choosing this. your choosing your dog, and yeah. then, you know, do like you put some chili, chili con carne, jalapeno, yeah, exactly. yeah, German Different style currywurst, sriracha. Mm, um, I'm gonna check out the dog bar. I hope this um, mm, dog bar could be pretty good. Is it? So would that be just like one iteration of dog bar? Or they would they have like venues around the ground. Oh, I don't sure. know. There's got to be more than one dog bar, surely. A dog bar would be reamed at halftime. Um, but let's talk about the aesthetics. <laughs> let's talk about the aesthetics because the bar's urban grit-style decor provides a cool atmosphere. Mm. Oh, yeah, and can be found in locations throughout the stadium. Okay, right. good. More than one dog bar. Dog bar. <clears throat> what do you think about the urban grit-style? What's, what's an urban grit-style? Is that chains and um, barbed wire? Is Graffiti? that in relation to dog bar? Yeah, dog bar is going to have an grit. urban grit style. Grit or grits? Grit, grit, G R I T, grit style. Yeah, urban what grit they style. Do? Yeah, maybe some um, chain sten- link fence stencils, like graffiti stencils in yeah. really, really shitty ones, like um, Rottweilers, Rottweilers and shit. Mm, yeah, good. yeah. All right, all right. Banksy, Royal stacks. Banksy esque. Next, Royal Stacks. I haven't heard of Royal Stacks before, but apparently it's uh, it's got a bit of a cult following in Melbourne since starting in the Dandenong Pavilion. Mm-hmm. Um, so the burgers are freshly minced daily from pasture-fed 100% Australian GMO-free beef, and the menu offers vegetarian and halal options. No no, uh, no insight into what the, the Royal Stacks vibe is going to look like. Is it just I burgers? S- yeah, it's just like, it's. I think it's just like the new age burger, you know, the... Um, yeah, okay. Brioche, brioche-style yeah, bun. American mm. style. Mm. Yeah. American style. Gammy chicken. This this is an interesting one. I want to Hang hear on. your thoughts on this. They're doing gammy chicken? Gammy chicken. Mm. Get out. One of Australia's one of Australia's fastest growing specialty food retail brands. Because so much so that in the depths of lockdown in 2020, Gammy opened eight new stores. It's quite ballsy. Uh Gammy Chicken celebrates the Korean culture where Mama's fried chicken recipe is meant for sharing with friends over a beer. Is there a better match for game day? That's fantastic because one of our listeners suggested in response to the Twitter post, Gammy Chicken, mm. and I thought it was mm. a ripping idea. Is that Gammy Chicken like 
there's I think the original one of them's in the city, like top end of the city, right? And you can mm. notoriously kind of get a keg. Um and yeah, oh, a that's shit right. that's ton right. of chick fried <laughs> that's chicken. Right. And that's in right. a group, just devour yourself to bliss. <laughs> are they go- are they going to be having the kegs there? Because I can see that. <laughs> I can see umpires just being pelted with like really hot wings, yeah. like three quarter time, <laughs> like just a just a, a a flotilla of um crazy pie supporters with uh you know half eaten chicken. Yeah, some of that you know some of that hot sauce can be really lethal. If kind of used in a Molotov style. Selwood's face just spattered with sriracha. (laughs) Yeah, umpire's wearing goggles. Uh, SPQR Pizza is dripping in Melbourne street credibility. Their brand is pizza times art times music. Mm. Now, listen to this. They partner with Melbourne's finest up-and-coming street artists like Drez and Che Che Che, as well as aspiring DJs and chefs to create a cultural melting pot that is distinctly Melbourne. SPQR are launching SPQR Stadio, I'm assuming that's Italian for stadium, at the MCG, an express version of their highly successful Naples-style sourdough pizzas with a new logo that blends their love of music, in brackets vinyl, and the Coliseum that is the MCG. What do you think Uh, of SPQR? Yeah, I'm just picturing that turntable spinning on top of the lions eating Christians decor. Mm, Columns, Mm. the big columns. Mm. The voice of the G, remember that guy? Oh yeah, we, we love we love that. Get, guy. get him, get him in there for a few sets. Mm. I think that you know. I, I look, we'll we'll wait and see. We should try all of these actually and report back on Pyhead now that we're doing the show weekly. We could do that. Probably going to need some just content. Circulate the stadium. We'd, we'd need to go to a, a non-Collingwood game just so we're just mm. circulating the eateries. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, I'll finish this off. MCG Pie Shop Cart. So forget what you know about pies at the football. This is a premium spin on the infamous pie at the footy. I like that they say infamous, encased in a thick but crumbly pastry, you can choose from sumptuous pie filling combinations such as beef and Guinness, lamb and rosemary, chicken and leek and spinach and cauliflower. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the uh, MCG pie shop cart? Well, everything you're saying to me, I'm like, what's not to love? Two more. MCG soup station, in oh, brackets, okay. seasonal. That's a hard no. Soup at the footy. Fuck's sake. Again, if we're talking about the safety of patrons, a piping hot, uh, you know, Thai pumpkin and yeah, roasted imagine ginger. Imagine slurping your soup oh. at halftime in your seat. No. no. Just weird. No, no, no. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Skip. No, we'll skip that one. Uh, the last one is the MCG curry cut. So adding a bit of, it actually says this, adding a bit of international spice the MCG now serves Indian favorites at its curry cart. Options include entree-style Punjabi vegetable samosas, potato and spinach pakora served with chutney and yogurt on a crispy papadum, mm. or more in the way of main meals, the curry cart serves Kadi chicken curry and babuli handi vegetable curry with zera palu rice. I hope I got that right. If there's any um, listeners out there who are experts in curries, mm. Uh, or Indian food in general, do let me know. And that I'm sounds be good. Happy to offer up a correction. Why, for decades, we forced eat fucking frozen food everywhere, like grey, white, frozen, whatever, which has been fried up and you know distributed for our pleasure. I mean, I got nothing against the four and twenty. I used to go to the when I, was, when I was a kid. I used to go to Vic Park. I'd arrive, I'd get Super Dog on arrival. Mm. Quarter time was chips, half time four and twenty, three quarter time donuts. So mm. I know the food options of the footy intimately as we all do. I got nothing, there's nothing wrong with that shit. But my note here was like, why can't we get more multicultural options? Why can't we like represent Melbourne as a culinary destination by having like choice? And everything you've said to me, Damien, mm. it ticks a lot of boxes. 
It does, doesn't it? Fried chicken at the footy? Curry? Mm. Mm. I mean, I don't know, like, uh, there's going to be voices out there, the traditional voices who are like, Mm. feel like this is somehow denigrating the shitness of the frozen food culture, which we all know and love. But Mm. the thing is, you can go get a 4 and 20, presumably, right? Like, are they going to get rid of the hot pies, cold drinks, chocolate bars guy? No, I think you still get 4 and 20s. I I believe I saw something. I think they're $2 this weekend. Is that right? A very introductory special, kind of like 1997 prices. I'm sorry, I'm getting off track here. Well, they're going to have to go cut price with the pie because who's going to choose a 4 and 20 with all these other delicious morsels on offer? The club was on the bottom. I know we were broke. Eddie had a vision and we're prepared to live to that vision. I sat down with Ed last week and resigned as the uh, the CEO of the Collingwood Football Club. Smoking shadows behind the windows. Bigger and better just keeps getting better and better. Three-year, multi-million dollar sponsorship with the most storied and famous club in all of Australian professional sports. Toasts will be replaced with tears, though, when the last Holden rolls off the assembly line in Adelaide. Joined again by Alex Weisslitz from Thorny Investments. We continue to um, populate the portfolio. What we hope will be the cream on the cake. Eddie Maguire has relinquished his vice-like grip on the Collingwood presidency. But in true Eddie style, there were plenty of backhanders for his many detractors. I saw a uh, vacuum emerge at the club after the events of earlier in the season. I have the time now to devote to a leadership role at the club and that's what I've decided to do. I wouldn't be serving under the leadership of someone of Jeff Brown who's coming together with an agenda of power and privilege. 32 years of struggle, ridicule and humiliation as the Collingwood Football Club once again regained its title as the most famous and successful sporting club in Australia. Pies Wide Shut. Now, a very quick Pies Wide Shut before we wrap up the pod. I was reading um, my copy of the Australian Financial Review. Mm-hmm. Uh, stumbled across an article, almost spat out my shat uh, nerf to Pat um, as I was... As I was reading through the physical copy two-time brownlow medal winner peter moore mm. has a specky for asx listed investor involved in copper gold and a silver play in of all places sierra nevada nevada in america nearly 40 years after winning his second brownlow moore's in front of potential investors as the executive chairman of sierra nevada gold which is tap bell Potter Securities to manage an impending initial public offering and ASX listing. So for, for those of you out there listening to uh, Pies Wide Shut and you're like, oh, Bell Potter, what are you talking about? Peter Moore is the chief executive officer okay. in charge of a junior miner involved in mining in uh, the Nevada state of um, Peter Moore's the in America. CEO. Peter Moore's a CEO. So he was a, he was originally a former co- commercial lawyer, and he's been playing around in Nevada for I think more than twenty years. And he had a ge- geotechnical a geotechnical consulting company called GeoFlight. So geotechnical is obviously like soil testing, um, which okay. he owned with his father, Professor Bruce Moore. Okay. And the older Moore had helped him select Sierra Nevada's uh, gold's initial properties. So the interesting thing, um, because you know, no surprises here, Peter Moore. Uh, big player at the top end of town business. Interesting that he's um, dipping his 
his size 13 Puma Kings into the, the world of mining. But uh, mm. this, is what, uh, this is what tickled my fancy. And no judgment here on Pie Hard. We are, we are a big um, free agency pod, uh, so we don't care how your bread's buttered. Peter Moore is actually the, the major shareholder of Sierra Nevada, uh, which involves an organization from Singapore, uh, an American railroad and trucking company called Athena, and this is where it gets very pies wide shut, a Saudi Arabian investor called Gold Co. Okay, yeah, shady. Very much talking about a Spectre-type organization here. Um, very, very pies wide shut. So we will be watching this mm. uh, prospectus with with eagle eyes, and who knows, maybe it could be uh, Pie Hard's first foray into uh, the ASX backing Darcy's dad. Mm-hmm. As he digs digs for gold, it's very it's an old story, isn't it? Digging for gold in America, it's very spaghetti western. Yep, the frontier. Um, mm. Make sure you keep safe, Peter, because Saudis did execute eighty one men in twenty four hours the other day, and um, mm. old Mohammed bin Salman. I wasn't going to go there. Mm. Let's just say you don't want to backtalk them because uh, they got a history mm. with journalists as well. But look, that's only one part of the puzzle, and these big business acquisitions and especially when it comes to minerals out of the earth they involve a lot of puzzle pieces and peter moore being one of mm. them proudly representing mm. the club 40 years after his brand mm, 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 and all yep. i can say is it's an intriguing story you've brought to us this week damo for Pie we are big fans of uh the mum calls on pie hard and look we know that Nick is going to be playing. He's going to be uh, making his debut against the St Kilda Football Club, and wouldn't wouldn't that be wouldn't that be a uh, a special recording to see Nick call Peter? I mean, it probably wouldn't be a very big surprise, would it? I don't think we're gonna. It's not going to be like the Irish kid that called his mum and or, or like Trey Rusco and the mum went nuts. I think I think Peter would be expecting probably at this point a, a phone call. So let's just let's just hope that happens. I reckon that'd be a fucking Ryan Abbotsford if Nick isn't selected. Um, the folks, but Buckley's come out and said he was ready to play, like when he was 16 or something. Um, He's been know, best on. Was he best on in both of those warm-up games? 34 <laughs> touches last 30, week. Yeah, he got Holy something. He got something shit. massive. And Damo, who better to take us out than um, than the great man, the uh, the Dacosian calendar, mm. the chosen one, future of our club, mm. and the only the only possibility for success. Hi, I'm Nick Dacos from the Collingwood Football Club and this is Pie Hard.